Let's pray. Lord Father, we thank you for this morning, Father. We thank you for We thank you for everything that you've created. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that we can have freedom. We thank you for the soldiers that allow that freedom to take place. We thank you for courage and bravery. Lord, we thank you that grace is so wonderful in our lives. And when we realize grace, we become alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I've got a few verses for you this morning. We're going to be in Hebrews quite a bit. And it's a, hopefully a, a fun little sermon for you. We've got the 500-mile-an-hour race going up there, so I'll, this is titled The Five-Mile Race. Let's go ahead and get started. John. Gentlemen, start your engines. That's what you heard this morning, right? If you was going to listen to the TV. And, you know, it's the first time in 65 years I heard that this thing is going to be on TV today live. That's an amazing. That's a lot of, it's a sellout up there, I guess. I, I hope that, uh, I hope that everybody will make it through there just fine. I hope the heat doesn't get to them. I hope the drivers do good. The race that never gets, listen to this, this principle, the race that never gets started can never comprehend the love that awaits you on the finish line. You know, I started my race many years ago as a child and, and then walked away from God for a while. And, uh, of course, when God called me back many, many years ago, um, I, think my, I think I was running about two cylinders for a lot of years there. And then all of a sudden, I think I've got 12 cylinders going now. But they're all, they're all kind of in tune and, and ready to go and fired up. And it's, it's, God gets that motor in you just perfect. And when the Holy Spirit fills you up with who he is and, and what's going on in your life, I mean, it is a beautiful sound. And it's just a beautiful noise. And I, I know a lot of the guys like that. I, my old Harley used to sound so loud. Vicky used to hate right on it because it was so loud. But I just loved it. You know, and, and you hear those motors. And just uh, Something about us guys and some women too, they just love the sound of that, man. But when you know when, you know when something's not hitting right. I mean, you know when a cylinder is not working right or, or there's an exhaust leak or there's something. I mean, you automatically know it. You hear it from the sound. Well, as Christians, the world out there, they know if we're not hitting on all eight cylinders or 12, whatever, they know it, they know it. And you should know it by the Holy Spirit that lives in you. So the race that never gets started can never comprehend the love that awaits you on the finish line. Then you're never going to comprehend the love at the finish line. You can get a glimpse of it from other people, and you can call it whatever you want to call it, but the person that does live with God, I get a, an understanding of this love that's waiting on us. And then, You know, that's just a, a marvelous thing to me, that I know that the, mo the moment I die, I really become alive. Does that make sense? I mean, I really become alive because I really start to live without sin in my life, without sin surrounding my life, without clouds of it. That is when I come alive. And I, I, can, start, I can comprehend that. But nobody else can if you don't know Christ. In the race of life, if you have found love beyond today, in other words, a love that takes us way beyond today, takes us to the finish line and on past that, if you have found that love beyond today, you are witness to the greatest love known to man. That of Jesus Christ. Everybody say amen. amen. Hebrews 10.39 But we are not of those who draw back to petition. But we are not of those who draw back. Stop, stop right with the words draw back. What, the words that draw back. In other words, I am not, and you should not be, of those ones that continue to draw back away from Christ, that do not know who he is, that do not comprehend this love, and you continually fall and fall and fall. It says here, 
But we, and, Paul, and whoever wrote this, Paul, or I think it's Paul probably wrote the book of Hebrews, but we are not of those who draw back. And he's talking to his, 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 his Christian friends. We, we don't draw back from God. We're not there. We don't draw back from that. And when it's that word there, petition means destruction back into a destructive life. Why do you want to go? Why in the world, once you get a, a taste of Jesus Christ, do you want to go back? How, I, I, how do you do that? I mean, once you have sold out to God, once you're purring on all 12 cylinders, how in the world can you stop and draw back to where you went? What well, was a complete destructive life? You know how you do that? Because you never got it. You never got it. Because I'm telling you, you can't draw back from him. We can have our upsets. We can have our, our backsliding things. We can, we can mess up, but we don't pull away and turn away and go the complete opposite way after you've known and tasted the Lord and Savior. It's, I see it almost impossible. I guess it can happen to some, but I just see it almost impossible. By grace we go, though. Amen? And what we draw back to is always in that destructive part of our life. Because if you're not going forward with God, where are you heading? If you're not heading to the finish line, if your race is not going, where are you heading if you're not going with God? I mean, what race are you in? But of those who believe to the saving of the soul. See, we're not of a destructive life. We belong to those who believe in the saving of the soul, the ones that are saved under... Go ahead, please. I've only got like five verses for you today. So, Start your engines. Go ahead with that, you, that video up there. These are the moments that define champions. Finding calm amongst chaos. Focus amongst distraction. Channeling nerves into confidence. Fear is not an option. Failure is the enemy. Do you have what it takes? Doesn't that Take sound like the Christian? Shut your visor. Now. I could just use that in the whole sermon, couldn't I? Yeah. Your race car is Jesus Christ. Amen? You've got you to be able to get in the race car. You've got to have a race car or you can't get in the race. If you don't have the race car, who's Jesus Christ, you're not in the race. You're not, even, you're not even there. You're somewhere in the sidelines. You're not there. You know, there's only a, how many drivers are going to drive today? 33, right? How many spectators? About 350,000, right? So if you take those 33 that we call, we call them Christians, how many are looking on? 350,000. You know, that's, that, that's about right. That's about right. You have to have the race car to get in a race. And Jesus Christ is our race car. You have to have proper equipment. 
And that proper equipment, I call it the Holy Spirit. I have to have the Holy Spirit for the training I'm going to need, for everything I need. I have to have that proper equipment. And the good training is the Holy Bible, amen? I get my training when I open up my Bible every day and I start to go through it and the words come alive. Does the words, I want to ask you, but does the words come alive to you when you open it up? Does it? Do they pop out at you? Sometimes you get stuck up on just a word or two and you're just like, I gotta, I gotta really look at this. Then I've gotta go back and understand this. You know, we're gonna look in the Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3, and it says the first word I say is therefore. Whenever you see therefore, you've got to find out what therefore is therefore. That makes sense? So I've got to go back to Hebrews 11 and find out why therefore is there. And Hebrews 11 is all about faith. So it's all about faith. So what we're going to talk about, the first few verses, goes back to, to grab a hold of, of chapter 11, which is all about the, the, the great saints of old as faith. So I have to have the race car, Jesus Christ, in my life. I have to have the Holy Spirit, and I have to have the Holy Bible. Mile one, get started, get fired up, amen? And I'm going to tell you something. We talked about the fire God a few weeks ago. If I've got Jesus Christ, and he's my race car, and I've got that uh, Holy Spirit, and he's, my, he's my, my, all the equipment I need, and I've got the Holy Bible that trains me, I'm purring pretty good, amen? amen. But it takes, it takes I've got I to keep all three of these together, amen? I, I can't have Jesus Christ without the Holy Spirit and without the Holy Bible. It don't work. Now, a lot of people tell me they believe in God, they believe in Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is so dampered down or he's not in them that they really just believe what the demons believe in some form of God or whatever. And they don't study their Bible, they don't open their Bible, so they're not hitting on this, all the cylinders they need to hit on. Everybody agree with that? Because you can't be. You can't, you can't do these things. You can't get fired up if these things aren't in your life. They've got to be in your life. A Christian that, that, fail, that falls short of this is in a, is yellow flags out, caution going on, there's something going on, time out, pull into the pits, do something different, get the car fixed, amen? Get that body of yours, your mind, your heart, get it in tune with God. Get it ready to be fired up. Every Christian, I don't understand why a Christian's not fired up. I just don't, I don't, I, whenever God starts to pop up, and whenever the Bible opens up, if I'm by myself, it don't matter. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Broom, 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 let's go, man, let's go. It's fun to go with God. I love to hear the words of God and how he brings it alive into your heart. Some of you think, you got your you crazy old man up here. You're crazy. He's crazy, old man. I'm not crazy. God's word comes alive to me. It does, and it will come alive to you if you do it the way he asks us to do it. I, I, just, I, I would love to, I don't have the words to explain it, but God can explain it to you, what that alive means in your own heart. When you see something that you've seen over and over and over again, and it comes and it just wakes you up, and you get fired up. So mile one is get fired, fired up. And in Hebrews 12:1 it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, lay, let us lay aside every weight. Okay, let's just stop there. Because I, I know that it says therefore, so I went back to chapter 11 and learned about all the faith about all the faith the old saints and everybody they, everybody they talked about, and it talked about all the faith they had, and so therefore means faith. Since we know the faith that they had, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, which is the church, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, we're surrounded by these things, let us lay aside every way. Well, what's every way? Get your foot off the brake. 
You can't go nowhere if your foot's there. You can't do that, can you? You got all this weight that's holding you down. It's not so much a, a, a lost person as it is a Christian that's trying to make excuses for why they can't do what God's want them to do. I hear all these times, excuse, excuse, excuse. I say, my goodness. If you just quit making excuses, you might hear God working in your life. You know, you, if you're looking to find victory, if you're looking to find the finish line, first thing you got to do is get the excuses out of your life. And I'll tell you another thing you got to do is get the victim stuff out of your life because you're not a victim when Christ is in your life. Amen? Amen. How can you be a victim when the Lord Jesus Christ lives in your life? You've got the greatest power ever known to man, the greatest love ever known to man, the greatest grace ever known to man, and you say you're a victim? Get out of that mode. You're into Satan's mode. And you're not hitting on all 12 cylinders. You're making excuses for a life that was lived in the past. Quit living there. Amen? Am I getting too fired up? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded... And I'll tell you what, if, if you're not surrounded by the Word of God, by the truth of God, by the people of God... You're not right. Amen? Amen? You've got to get right. You're not, bad. You're not hitting on all the cylinders. You've got to get right. Therefore, we all, since we are surrounded, if I'm looking at that faith from chapter 11, then I know that they were all surrounded by this wonderful faith. Whew. Don't you like to see faith working in other people's lives? Doesn't that give you encouragement and hope? Because, see, God's working in their life, and you see these miracles happening in their life. That can be me. Because God just doesn't want to work in your neighbor's life or your friend's life. He wants to work in your life every bit as much, right? So we can see that. I just got to remember what's holding me back from seeing that. Some of us need to put on some good, big, thick glasses or something to see God. In Hebrews 12, 1b, mile 2. Let loose of the break. I'll talk about that. Let loose of the break and leave behind what causes you to crash and burn. Amen? Take the emergency brake off. Get your foot off the brake. I remember one time when I was a young kid, I had a, I had a 71 Camaro, sunshine yellow, backed up. In the, this is back in the 70s, of course. Jacked up in the back. SS, 354 speed. Arumba, arumba. I mean, that dude was nice. I love that car. And I take it out to Raceway Park. Everybody about Raceway Park? Well, I'd take that thing, I'd race, I'd race for this, race for that. I just loved to race. It wasn't a real fast car, but boy, it sounded good, and it did all right. And I got out there and racing, and, and I'll tell you what, I run a bunch of races. And boom, I was going up for the, just, I mean, I was just smoking them off the line. And I was going up for the last race. I was going to win a trophy. I was just like, excited, <laughs> you know. I'm about, I don't know, 17, 18 years old, I don't know, young guy. And I got that Camaro, we're just revving up, we're revving up, and I got a car beside me, I look, I, I can just... Not a problem. Revving it up. You know what I did? I red flagged. I hit, I hit, I took the foot off the brake and smashed that gas way before the lights came down. I took off and I didn't get my trophy. The guy next to me, he didn't even hardly run. He won by fault. Some of us want to take off with God before God's wanting us to take off. And some of us that we want, we think, well, I've got all this in me. I'm doing this right. And we want to take off before God's ready for let you go. I'm telling you, if you're a new Christian, you need to spend time with God. I know you're fired up. I know you've you got a wonderful thing going on, and I don't want to ever damper that. You just keep fired up. You love what you know, amen? amen. But you've got to spend time with God because that fire will go out if you're not feeling, f fueling that fire with the fuel of God. You've got to keep that going. And I've seen young Christian after young Christian be on fire for God, and all of a sudden it's like burn and crash. 
That, that does not need to happen. So let loose of the brake and leave behind what causes you to crash and burn. In Hebrews 12, 1b, it says, Therefore, we also, therefore, we also, since we are, that's, that's what I just read. No, it's not. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Amen? So it says here, and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So let's check that apart a minute. We know, everybody know what sin is? Raise your hand. They say, used to be me. Nobody said that. Used to be me. Some of you say, it still is me. I'm, I'm, I don't know how to get it out of me. I'm still getting out of me. Somebody's got it. That's it. Lay aside every weight and the sin which so What's that word? Everybody say that word, so? Easily. Say it, so? Easily. Why do they say easily? Because it's easy for sin to creep into your life. It's easy for that, that to take place. You just step out of the Word of God. You just stay out of church for a while. You stay away from the people that love God. You get more involved with the people that don't love God, and I'll guarantee you pretty soon, you're not hitting on all 12 cylinders, or 8 cylinders, whatever it is. You're not hitting on that. Because it says you're so easily, and what's that word ensnares? It's like a bird being trapped in a trap, ensnared, a net, that you're just getting caught in it, and it easily happens. It says us. That means all of us. Mile three. Endurance will win the race, and you can count on adrenaline. Everybody know what adrenaline is? Now, what happened to me in that drag race, I had too much adrenaline pumping, didn't I? I was so excited. I wanted that trophy. I knew I said, come on, baby. I had way too much adrenaline pumping i got to change my adrenaline from myself to the adrenaline of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because when he's pumping in my life, my goodness, look out. You can get up here and preach. You can teach. You can do whatever you need to do because he's going to do it for you. So endurance will always win the race. Amen? A Christian without endurance will crash and burn. You've got to have endurance. Endurance will win the race, and you can count on your adrenaline. In Hebrews 12, 1c, it says... And let us run with endurance. So we got the word run, which is a race. They, they talk about that a lot in the Bible, running a race. In other words, you've got to be ready to go. Run that race with endurance that you're not easily stopped because if you're stopped, you're never going to get to the finish line. You're not going to see victory. The race that is set before us. That's mile marker three. Let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us. So what's the race set before us? What is the race? So if, I, if I'm looking for this 12, one verse, this one verse, i got three points here. What, what's the race? The race is this life we're in. Amen? It's the race to, to the final second of your life. The race to heaven. Are you going to race to heaven? You are. Go ahead, please. Mile four. Stay focused on the checkered flag. Amen? Amen. What happens when they're going around the track up there and, and, the, and the yellow flag comes out? Caution, Right? Caution, a red flag comes out, they automatically stop, right? A green flag means go. So stay focused on the checkered flag. Some of us are paying so much attention to the other flags, the other things trying to distract us in life, that we're not staying on the checkered flag, which I would call home, heaven, the kingdom of God. I want to stay focused there. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, looking unto Jesus, how do I stay focused? Looking unto Jesus, Amen. It's just, that's not hard, is it? Why is it so difficult for so many people? So looking unto Jesus, the author, the author of God's Word, that's it, Jesus, the author of the Bible. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, which in Hebrews 11 we're talking about faith. So where does your faith come from? Jesus Christ. 
So if, you're, if your car is Jesus, your faith is going to be right there. If your Holy Spirit's in you, the faith is right there. If you're in the Word of God, you're going to see the faith that went on before us, and we can have that same exact faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, look at that word joy, we preached on joy last week, for, who the, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Sometimes a lot of things happen in a race, don't they? You, got, you get tired, you've got to go, go to the pit stop, you've got to get refueled, tires go out, wrecks happen. There's all kinds of things that's going to happen in your race. Everything you can think imaginable is going to happen. But if I keep my focus where it belongs on that checkered flag, on that Lord and Savior of mine, looking unto Jesus, and not the obstacles that are causing the distractions, but unto him, he's the author and finisher of my faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Look at that, that the word, he, it says joy endured what? The cross. It was joy. What, what, how can you have a joy that was set before him endured the cross? The joy of knowing that you can spend time, eternity with him. Despising the shame, despising shame of sin. So how are we to look at sin? Despise it. Not to, not to glorify it, not to become part of it, but despise it. It should make you sick to your stomach. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I can't remember who it was, and, and when I got done, I thought, man, I, I sound like I'm some kind of prideful idiot. That's just the way I thought. When I got done, I, thought, I went back to, to my room and said, Lord, forgive me. I, I, feel like I'm a pride, I feel like I was a prideful idiot for some reason. And that, that person may not even thought that way at all, but I felt that way. I had to go back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to even, if it come, something come out that way, I'm, I didn't mean to do it that way. You know, that, you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit working in you. Amen? That means you're, you're in tune with God, and he's working in with you. And even the things, that, these little minute things, they, they make you kind of sick to your stomach. I was actually just feeling sick to my stomach over because I, I thought, what if I, something, this guy didn't go to church. What if this person won't go to church because he thought of something I said was too prideful? When I wasn't meaning it that way, but it could have came that way. And it messed me up, and I had to go back and, and, and get through that. Because we should despise the shame. No matter what it is, we should despise it. If you despise something, what do you do with it? Don't you stay away from it? Don't you want no part of it? He despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That tells me... The Lord and Savior that I worship, he's right there. I'm heading there. That's my finish line. Mile number five. Almost there. Almost there is not good enough. Amen? Amen. I can't ever go through my life and say, well, I've done a great job and, and retire and head off to Arizona or Florida somewhere and say, well, Lord, uh, we did 30 years or 40 years, whatever we did, we had a good run, Lord. Time for me to take a break. That's... I'm not, I don't want to do that. Almost there is not good enough. I want to complete the race. Paul completed his race. He ran the good race. You may need a little help. Amen? Amen. You may need a little help along the line. Look to the racing giant, Jesus. Amen? Amen. To finish your race. There's a picture up there. You got a picture. I was over to a racetrack the other day with, one, with my oldest son, Ryan. He's over there. He works for uh, some kind of... Wounded Warriors, not Wounded Warriors, something like that. Um, 
Anyway, we got a picture with Mario Andretti. Everybody remember Mario? Young guys don't know who Mario Andretti is, but his grandson's running. You guys, you remember Mario? He was over there. There, there, there I am. There I am. There's Mario. Got a picture with him. You know, he was, if I was in a racing mode, I would want to know Mario Andretti, wouldn't you? I would want to know everything about him. I want to know, he won the race in 1969. His son, Michael, went on and ran and ran. I think everyone won a race. But, and now, now he's got his grandson named Mario over there. You can take that off now. I'm, I've seen enough there. <laughs> but I, I, Marco, yeah. But I would want to know all about every technique, all the things he knows, so I can follow that man. Because he was a great winner in a lot of races. Not so much a 500, but a lot of things. He was a, a wonderful young man, or a man at that time. So I want to, almost there is not good enough. You may need to look to the racing giant. And our giant, of course, is Jesus Christ's word to finish your race. In Hebrews 12, 3, it says, For consider him, for consider him, Jesus, who endured such hostility. You ever known a man that had more hostility than Jesus Christ before he's on the earth 33 years? And, and you think of it, well, that was over 2,000 years ago. He still has hostility towards him. Just the name of Jesus is, just, just messes people up. Just messes them up. I mean, you can't say Jesus in the schools. You can't say it. You just, it just messes them up. You know, they were going to do a Lord's Prayer somewhere in a high school this, uh, this past week. And a high school told them, you cannot do the Lord's Prayer here in this high school. You know what the kids did? They did it. They did it anyway. Amen. Amen. For consider him who endured such childhood for sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. So this is a warning also. If we don't pay attention to our Lord and Savior, if we don't pay attention to the car, to the car that we're in to finish this race, if we don't pay attention to this, then we're going to get weary. I've told, I've told this many times in this church. Miss one Sunday, and I... No big deal, right? You miss two Sundays, no big deal. Miss three Sundays, you start saying to yourself, no big deal. Miss four Sundays, I'll go back as soon as I can. Miss five Sundays, one of these days I'll get back in there. You miss six Sundays, well, maybe I'll just try a different church someday. Miss seven Sundays, and it's done. It, it doesn't take long. People that come through this church, I tell you over and over again, they come through this church, they'll stick around for a while, they leave, they don't go to another church. 95% of them never go to another church. And I follow most people up. I try to follow them and find out what happened to them. They don't go to another church. They just quit going. They just quit going altogether. And it's right here. If you, you can become weary. And if we don't follow the Lord the way he's told us to follow him. And you can also go to Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, which we won't today. But you can also go there to tell you about going to church. I get tired of hearing people, I don't need to go to church. Well, what kind of Lord do you follow? Because the one my follow says he's married to us. Amen? And I kind of want to be around Vicki. Sometimes we get frustrated, but I always want to be around her. And you know, as soon as we get to heaven, all that frustration, everything you ever had with your wife or your kids or whatever, that sin is gone and none of that will ever be present. Amen? When you look at your spouse, or we won't be married in heaven, but when you look at the, your loved ones, your friends, you're going to look at them without the surrounding and the cloud of sin. Can you imagine what it's going to be like up here without any type of sin at all? And you look at the people you love and you see them in a perfect way without any sin, without saying, well, look at the shoes she's got on. That's not going to happen. 
All you're going to see is the glory of God, and you're going to live eternity like that. Amen? I can do without the drama. Can you? I can do without it. I can do without the poking fun and all the, the, the bullies and all that. I can do without all that stuff. I can do without lies. I can do without politicians. I can do without all that stuff. Amen? And I'm going to one day. And it's not just for 70, 80, 60, 50 years, whatever it is. It's going to be for eternity. Hebrews 12, three more time. For consider him, consider Jesus who endured such hostility, and you can still see the hostility today for sinners against himself. Who's given Jesus hostile? Who's being hostile to Jesus today? Sinners. Sinners. That's who it is. They're still doing it today. They do it to you. If they're doing it to you, who are they doing it to? At least you become weary. Because if you keep paying attention to those things, if you keep looking at the world and how hostile they are to us, you're going to become weary. You're going to become fed up with it. It's going to get to you. And discouraged in your souls. Go ahead, please. I want everybody to stand. We're going to close in Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord. Amen? Everybody read. Everybody say it. But those who wait on the Lord. What does that mean? But those who wait on the Lord. I mean, if you want to read this Isaiah 41 and you're not understood, you know, the first thing I want to understand, if I can't get this and I've got to stop and not go any farther but that, those few words and say, Lord, what does that mean to me from you? Not what it means to, to Paul or to Mike or anybody else, but Lord, I've got to know what it means to me, Lord. What am I doing that I'm not waiting on you? What is it in my life that I'm not waiting on you? I'm telling you, if the, if the people of God would stop and spend time in the Word of God and not bypass the words of God and think they've got it and but go back and understand there's something going on in my life. I need to know what this means to me, God. That God will relate that to you and your life will start to change even more. But those who wait on the Lord shall, never, shall renew their strength. So if I'm waiting on the Lord, what's going to happen? My strength gets renewed. Why? Because I'm, I'm watching God work all around me. I'm not in the, out in front of God. I'm not trying to get past God. I'm not in a race with God. I'm right there behind God, allowing him to do everything he needs to do that I can see him working in my life. Shall renew their strength. And when you see God working all around you, it renews your strength. Amen? It has to. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Everybody read that. How many of you guys, how many of you seen eagles fly? Isn't that beautiful? They're just absolutely gorgeous. Powerful, powerful birds. I'm glad that Benjamin Franklin didn't get his way and had the turkey was our national, am, our national bird. I'm glad it's the bald eagle. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. In other words, with power. With power and grace and beauty. Strength. That's what God's trying to tell you. This is what, if you wait on the Lord, your strength will be renewed, and you're going to mount up with this beauty and this courageous strength that you never had. They shall run and not be weary. That you can just keep going. Keep going to the, to the very end of your finish line. Keep going. That no matter how bad Satan wants to throw everything at you, your wife, your kids, your job, whatever it is, is hanging, being ensnared by this sin. No matter how bad Satan wants to throw it at you, you can go back and say, I'm going to be with the Lord, 
and Satan, you can throw everything at me, but I'm going to mount up with eagle's wings and I'm going to run. Amen? Amen? The biggest problem we have is that we look at the people that are causing the trouble in our lives, blaming them when it's actually Satan using them. Amen. Your, your parents, your, your family, they love you. And they may get messed up and, and try to harm you in some certain ways or your people at the work. Most people are really good people. You've got to understand that Satan uses those people to get at you to take your focus off of Jesus. Quit blaming so many things on people and blaming on Satan and your life will start to change. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and what? Right. That's that's the Christian that follows Jesus Christ. The finish line, the checkered flag's out there. I don't have as far to go as this little fella in the front here, Lord willing. The checkered flag's coming up. Are you ready? Are you ready to hit that flag? Words for your week. Somebody give it to me. No? Got that one. No what? Winner. Winner ever. ever? No winner ever drew back. Everybody's gone. They usually yell these things out, I guess. No, huh? No winner ever drew back, but instead completed the race. Amen. Give it to him, please. No winner ever drew back, but completed, but instead completed the race. Your question for the week, what flag are you racing under? Red, yellow, green, or checkered? There you go, checkered. If you're under the red flag, that means you've stopped. You've let life just stop you in your tracks. If you're under the yellow flag, under the yellow flag that means caution. It means caution. You're not sure what's ahead, and you're going to be real cautious about it instead of letting your faith lead your life. And if you're under the green flag, that means you're just going without any idea where you're going. You're just going. You've got to get done. But if you're heading towards that checkered flag, you're heading to the finish line, the kingdom of God. Lord, Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the ones who are here, Lord. Lord, I ask your protection, travel protection, as so many are gone, and, and as they start to leave the racetrack, that you would protect the ones up there, Father. Lord, I thank you for our soldiers and throughout the generation of this country. Lord, I thank you that we support Israel. And I ask you, Father, that we continue to do that. Lord, would you bless us today that we may in turn bless you and bless others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to open up the tables. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're welcome at these tables.